In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode. You guys, thank you so much for turning out for this show for me this week. That Monday episode, it was so gargantuan. So thank you for putting that near the top of the charts. I really, really appreciate it. Remember, listen to every episode. I don't care when you do it. You could listen anywhere, anytime. You uh, Maybe if you're on the kids, just make sure... I'm not cursing or anything like that, but thank you for all the support. Remember how you can support the show, listening to the episodes, rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you need more, you can go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Thank you for letting me get back on my feet slowly. Uh, remember, we'll start doing more recaps and things like that next week, but we've got so many great interviews and I've just been so excited being here in New York. Two things I want to talk about really quickly, just an update on Shannon Bedore. We got a little bit more information. Uh, Jeff Lewis talked to her and said, uh, well, first off, she canceled her appearance on Jeff Lewis, which was supposed to be this Friday. And he said she was, uh, she felt horrible. She was going into counseling. Her lawyer said that she was taking full responsibility, but we got actual video. And at first I saw this video. I thought it was a joke. I thought I was like, no, this is like from a movie, but it was, it was, it looked like paranormal activity, except somebody takes, uh, she took the corner so hard that she just bounced into a wall. Thank God. Nobody, I mean, all joking aside, thank God, nobody was was walking at night but you see her do that and then you see her pull out really fast and then park her car in the middle of the street and jump out we don't have any footage of that we don't have the mugshot archie her poor long-suffering dog is okay but man that poor dog what I, can you imagine what that dog has been going through the last decade uh and then finally before we get to our guest uh, Traders, which is a peacock game show, which I really liked. It was based on the British series. And remember, Kyle Cook was on last season. Well, they announced some of the cast, or this is the rumored cast. And I think this is amazing. You got Tamara Judge, Johnny Bananas from The Challenge, um, Beth from Real World, Los Angeles, Beth long time ago, Chris CT, CT from The Challenge, Mercedes from Shaws of Sunset, Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House, and friend of the show, Trishel Canatella from Real World Las Vegas. So that is an amazing cast. Also, getting Lindsay right now after the breakup with Carl, I mean, this is wild that we're going to have eyes on her. And Tamara, man, Tamara, I think she'll get voted out first week because she potentially is the ultimate traitor, but she's really good at this, so she could also win the show. 
Who knows? So uh, stay tuned for the second season. They're going to start filming that soon. Also with Tamara, she posted, she did an immediate podcast with Freddie Mellencamp for two teas in a pod, which was like a really short episode to say that she called Shannon because Shannon didn't tell her on Sunday. I mean, Shannon didn't tell Tamara on Sunday. She kept that to herself, which is very smart because she knows Tamara would have just been, she would have recorded an early podcast. Um, so Tamara... <laughs> Tamara posted on Instagram a photo of her, Vicky, and Shannon hugging. And it was just, it's, it, with Tamara, everything, you just don't know if you can trust it. And I think Tamara is secretly scared that Shannon is going to pull out of the Trace Amigas tour. And I don't think Shannon should do that tour anyways, because it's all based around tequila drinking. Oh my God, they should just play Margaritaville, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett, and call it a day. You guys, we are so lucky to have two of my favorite people from one of my favorite podcasts and one of my favorite Instagram accounts. They have been so amazing to me and this show. And uh, I, I, I'm so excited to have them on, not only to talk about pop culture, but we're going to dig into Kardashians. I don't want to hear any groans out there. I don't, you know, because I've always said, you need to study the Kardashians. They are part of the fabric of pop culture. And this is what this show is about. This is part of what their show is about and part of their brand. And I think they need to be studied and celebrated and all that jazz. Season four of Keeping Up, well, season four of the Kardashians, Premiere September 28th, but today, two of my favorite people, Emma Diamond and Julie Kramer from the podcast and the Instagram account, Comments by Celebs. Welcome, ladies. Oh my God, what an intro. Thank you so much for having us. I can't believe I am sitting with you guys in the same room because I usually do this over some sort of Wi-Fi connection. We can't believe we're sitting in the same room. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> do it over a Wi-Fi connection too. Just to get you, I, I thought this was a, such a shot in the dark to even get you here. And then I was like, they're just not, this is not gonna happen. They're, there's no way they will actually come here. And then you said yes, and I was like, oh man, I can't, I didn't, I, she called my bluff. And then she said, she, I, I'm bringing, I was like, no, <laughs> Julie's coming too. I was like, I was like, this is huge. We were so, first of all, we're so excited that you're in New York. I'm a New York I mean, guy now. This is, there's so many things happening and this is the kind of, you know, your first at Betches. Yes. Thank How you for celebrating this with me because oh I'm so God. excited to be here. And you guys were like one of the templates of people that I really look up to. And I know I'm way older than you and I know, but like, you know, first off, just really, really nice people. And you've proven that in so many ways to me, especially in this last couple of months. But just the level of detail you guys have for your brand, uh, of course, comments by celebs, they have so many different uh, pages, Instagram pages of the actual initial idea, where you're just it's like the best idea where it's just celebrities commenting on other Instagram posts. <laughs> it's, as, it's as simple as that, yes, but there's something about that just feels like we're pulling the curtain back. I don't know, for us, we're still excited about it, how many, six years later, and so it's really fun and I think cool for us that other people are excited also. And then on top of that, you do the podcast, which actually focuses, you, you're now doing a rewatch of the Kardashians, or Keeping Up with the Kardashians season seven, I believe, and also, you'll be talking about the Kardashians, but then you have pop culture episodes as well. You cover the bases, but if you listen to these podcasts, you guys uh, out there, which I highly recommend that you do if you don't, I mean, you have such a fine attention to detail on that as well. <laughs> By the way, Julie, poor Julie, she's just like, is this guy for real? No, I was just thinking how before we started the episode, you were saying like you usually approach it in such a more comical way and we yeah. have such like 
a seriousness behind it. And I was thinking, as you were saying, I was like, I feel like every single episode we go into, I'm like, I'm going to be funny about this. Like, it doesn't have to be that deep. And then every time we talk about it, I'm like, nope, I can't do that. Like, I have to fully yeah. dive in. Well, I mean, I, I just think there is such a, I don't I look at everything kind of through a comic lens anyways, but then when you start talking about pop culture, you can't help but relate to it personally. I mean, we know that with uh, Scandaval and all of that stuff, you know, your actual emotions come out, you relate it to your own life in some ways, but the Kardashians, they always say they're America's first family and we have such a history with them that how it's the same thing you were talking about on this week's podcast, you were like that relationship with Tristan and Kris Jenner. Mm. And I get yeah. lit. I mean, I made the Stop Sleeping with Tristan Thompson shirt, which, you know, it's still for sale, you guys, if you want <laughs> any. I, I should gift you guys. But Stop <laughs> Sleeping with Tristan Thompson. And for Kris Jenner to be there celebrating this man still makes me livid. I mean, it's a conversation we have about Kris constantly because obviously, like, we we pray to her, right? We had of course, we're nothing of but fans, admirers, beyond. However, and it's a theme we have seen throughout the years, Chris is very, very forgiving to the men that have wronged them in the past, which obviously you could make the argument that potentially part of that is because she had an affair, you know, when she was married to Robert Kardashian, she obviously relied on people around her forgiving her. And, you know, possibly that has impacted the way she deals with these situations. And there's a balance, I just think, between being forgiving and then being overwhelmingly welcoming to someone who may not necessarily deserve it. And you agree. Oh, totally. Well, what's really interesting is that in our off season of when the Kardashians is on, like you said, we've been doing the rewatches of the old episodes. And so we've been doing all of them. Season one, now we're on season seven, but all of the spinoffs in between. And so all of the current stuff that happens with them is so highlighted by their past stuff and stuff that we had forgotten about and these little niche, tiny lines that we would have never thought yeah. of. And so it's so interesting in this rewatch to be able to take such small minor things and connect them back. Like in the episode we just watched this week, it's the one where Chris is playing tennis and she looks up and she's like, who is that guy? And somebody goes, it's Todd Waterman, which oh. is who she had the affair with 25 years ago and left <laughs> Robert Kardashian for. Oh. And so all of this stuff is so relevant today still. I it really, uh, going back and rewatching any sort of reality show, like a lot of people did with Vanderpump Rules, it is that it kind of sets up this history where it becomes like the Godfather trilogy or Game of Thrones, where you're like, this is so vast. And now we know exactly why Chloe is turned, you know, because you used to see Chloe being the awkward one. And now to see how hard Chloe worked to get to where she is now. But it's interesting, you know, we saw this more, I think, in season two or season three, where it was like she did not seem all right. You know, it was like on top of being cheated on multiple times by Tristan, the public perception of her where she couldn't do anything right. You saw it really getting to her. But we see that through all the seasons of the show. I mean, when you when you rewatch, it's very clear how she got to kind of the, the point that she's in now, just in terms of her relationship with the media. You know, everyone wonders why. Well, why is it that Chloe has such a hard time leaving the gates? It's like because every time she does, she is ripped to shreds. She they the, the media and the public have been so unkind to her over the years. And it's it just comes up in such a way when you're rewatching it. I don't, I, you know, just to go back to uh, what I wanted to talk about is that that season four comes out, like I said, September 28th, but they released a trailer of this. And I I told you this when I, I bumped into you at the Roni party. I said, 
I really liked season three of the Kardashians. Us too. Us too. Loved. I was like, this is like leaps and bounds. And you can't even compare it to keeping up with the Kardashians. It's so much different. It's shot like cinematography, lighting, everything technically. Like they use the music now of like, I'm a boss girl. They got that Beyonce clearance. That's insane. They 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 spent $30 million for that roller skating scene. (laughs) It used to be where people would actually film and spend that much money and it would actually be a song that they had like sang or a rapper. No, this is just Kardashian skating. Yeah. It's Kardashian skating. We love love it. it. I wonder if they're going to start season four like that. They're going to start it with something. Like a Drake track or something. Oh, a Drake track would take me out. What if they do it with um, uh, the the, the drone cameras and it's like Chloe's at a Drake concert. You zoom in on her and then the drone pulls up. You go over to a Beyonce concert. You go down and you see Kylie and Timothy Chalamet rocking. (laughs) Then you zoom up. Then you go to Taylor Swift. Like what if it's something insane like that? Don't start with me. I mean, listen, the thing we have to talk about with this, the Beyonce inclusion and in all of this for a second, obviously we see Timothy and Kylie's really first outing at the Beyonce <laughs> concert, which I mean, we could talk about till we're blue in the face. But also the thing that cannot be forgotten in all of this is Corey Gamble is very close <laughs> friends with Jay-Z. And so now Chris is entering the Beyonce Jay-Z world in a way that she hadn't previously. You have to remember when Kim and Kanye first started dating, it's rumored that one of the reasons Kanye had a falling out with Beyonce and Jay-Z is because of their disapproval of Kim and him dating a, quote, reality star. And so however many years later, what a 180. Yeah, I mean, the day after her L.A. shows, Kris Jenner was spending, like, for Beyonce's birthday at, like, a barbecue. At Yeah, a very intimate at? barbecue. I think it was at Beyonce's Malibu house. And I was saying to Em that it feels like for Kris Jenner and all she's accomplished that being in with Beyonce and Jay-Z is like the final frontier. It's like the last thing she has left. <laughs> By the way, Harry and Meghan, Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez, no. like that is easy. To get through the gates of Beyonce's Malibu house to be with her on an intimate celebration of her birthday after her LA concert, that is like something that, it, if you told a 2009 Kris Jenner that was gonna happen, I genuinely think with all she saw of the future, that would be the one thing she wouldn't believe you okay. about. Don't you want to know, like, does Kris Jenner do vision boards? Is she like, I want to see what her goals are for the next year because you're right about the the Bezos stuff is that like, you know, two summers ago or even last summer, it was like uh, Italy with uh, Tommy Hilfiger mm-hmm. and uh, the gang. And oh, now, they're always on top. They're always but now Jeff Bezos has entered the equation. Like they're just running around with Jeff and Jeff isn't even like screamed at like uh, Chris is at Beyonce's concert. No, once you get to that level that she's at now, it's a whole other, whole other world. How many years did it take? I mean, I know Chris has been working at this her whole life, but from when, when was the first year of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? 2007. Was it? Yeah, 2006, 2007. Okay, so all you guys out here, just know that took 16 years, if I'm doing the math correctly, I'm not good at math, 16 years and you could be a legend. So start <laughs> working today. You can do it. Don't give up. But isn't that insane? Yeah. It's crazy. And honestly, if she became a legend a, a couple of years back. So no, no, sure. But I'm saying like, e- yeah. Okay. the final frontier. years. You can do it in 13 years. I, I'm just kind of blown away because- it's easy to make fun of the Kardashians and Jenners. It's so easy. I love to do it. It's so fun. But to see what they did in terms of like they've turned pop culture on its head in mainly good ways, but some bad ways. I just don't know where you go from this point, because if Chris landed Beyonce and Jay-Z, wh- where else is there now? Taylor? I mean, that would certainly be, be That would something. certainly be something. <laughs> not, not the craziest thing. Chris is listening right. Taylor, let's... I mean, what we're seeing with with Kim, you know, doing this this uh, 
VC firm, all that. This is like a different level. Explain of- to the people what, when you say VC firm, explain to them what you mean by that, because I don't think people realize what she's a part of. I'm now. so happy she got that question instead of me. <laughs> no, I, this is huge. This is like people, it's under the radar too. She basically, and I can't tell you the full details, but she basically um, collaborated with this guy, Jay Sammons, who's a huge, you know, hedge fund finance guy, and has basically now put together this firm where they are investing in up and coming businesses across the board. I mean, we don't have access to that full portfolio, yeah. but there's money. And then they say, as they say, there's fuck you money. And Kim has already crossed over to fuck you money. But now yeah, we're take in that, that Terry DeBro. Take that DeBros. That's that's a real Housewives of Orange County joke. Bro. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, don't yeah. worry. That I, that I, that, that, that she knows. <laughs> I don't watch, but I know enough that like, if I'm ever in a room and a broad enough reference is made a hundred times out of a hundred times I'll get it when we start getting into the niche stuff where like Isabel and Emma will be talking and they'll be talking about like Real Housewives of New York season three one specific moment I'm like you lost me but other than that I like to keep up enough wait do they ever make you feel isolated because of that do they ever like you know what it's not for you (laughs) um no I don't think so I don't think so (laughs) I'm really good at like (laughs) if I hear something that I don't understand like I'll just let it go like I'm not somebody that if somebody's talking about something I don't understand where I like, wait 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 explain that to me I'm like I'm just happy to sit here and let you guys have fun and then then when I hear something that I get I'll join back in the conversation yes um but Kim that's why I think she is really scary smart lately is that these things like VC firms and like we're talking Already skims like double or triple their valuation within the span of like two years. But then the VC thing, I'm like, this is like undercover billions of dollars that, you you know, she is having access to. And I'm really interested to see where this goes. But it, once again, the question is, when is enough enough? And, you know, with Chris hanging out with Jeff Bezos, you know, is that the next front? I mean, what is the next frontier? I don't know that I could definitely call out what it is. I think a lot of it is going to be, you know, the Kardashians are the least behind the scenes family there ever was, right? They are famous at the core for being reality stars. However, I do think the next thing is more behind the scenes investing in things that we're not aware of and we won't be aware of for a couple of years down the line. I mean, when you say when is enough enough, obviously it depends who you ask. But if you're asking Kim, I think she would look at you right now and say never. If you're asking Courtney, it was about a hundred million yeah. dollars ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing <laughs> okay. is like, you know, we said this at the time of the big Courtney and Kim fight where the the thing that Courtney was so upset about or the thing that Courtney kept digging into was that she feels like it's never enough for Kim. Like Kim lives in this world of excess and that she doesn't understand her motivation for doing things because in Courtney's mind, the motivation or the way that Courtney explains it, the motivation for Kim all comes from money or from a very greedy place. Whereas I think with Kim, the answer of like, enough is never enough. It doesn't come from how much is in the bank. Of course, that doesn't hurt. And of course, it's something she's trying to, you know, continuously build up. But for Kim, that really comes from the ability to prove herself. And as long as there are people who, like you started the episode saying, like, don't groan at the Kardashians, as long as there are people that are groaning at the Kardashians, enough is never going to be enough for her. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 
$30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Courtney relationship, I think, is so interesting, and they really kind of focused on that a little bit in season three. And we see in the trailer for season four, it opens up the trailer with a dual talking head. And for Housewives fans out there, you know what it's like when actually a husband will join the wife in a dual talking head. It's a very special moment in Housewives for any husband that gets to do that. But Courtney and Kim, to share a talking head after coming off the season that they came off of, I thought was very intense. And you can just, the it's palpable how much they seem to dislike each other. <laughs> Well, I said to him when we started the episode, I go, how often do you get a joint confessional with two motherfuckers that hate each other? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really, it, it made me uncomfortable. And I was like, do you both not want to be here? Do you? And then I was like, is this AI? Is Courtney even there? <laughs> this could be, this could be digitally done by George Lucas. No, I, no, I am so deeply obsessed with that because I don't believe this is just some petty fight for the show. I truly believe these are two sisters who, yes, of course, love each other at the core, but truly, if they were not sisters, would never be friends. I think they can fundamentally not stand one another, honestly. And we just get so lucky to be able to view that because if they, oh, we, get so <laughs> we get so lucky to watch this trauma. We I mean, we too. Last season, and oh, I have so many things to say. <laughs> Last season, with the the huge fight with the wedding and all of that, when you actually watch their confrontation between the two of them, Kim was calm as ever. Right when Courtney was explaining to her her hurt when with the scene. Oh, when she was reading the list on the phone. No, when she, when when Courtney Kim came over to Courtney's house. Yeah. Kim, in that moment, didn't really retaliate. She was like, you know what? I understand you're hurt. I get why you're upset. In a lot of ways, she kind of conceded. Would you say right. that's fair? It was only in her confessional when she says the Andrea Bocelli line, uh, Andrea yeah. Bocelli line, when she says, you know, you saw my fucking wedding country, all of that. So we, as the viewer, got that from her confessional. What we're seeing now in the trailer is their fight on the phone where all of that aggression that you could tell she had in her confessional, she's saying directly to Courtney. We haven't really seen that most recently because a lot of the drama was when they weren't actually, you know, talking yeah. to one another. I mean, this all started also a couple of seasons on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Was that the final season with the the hit in the bedroom? Yes. When Courtney came at Kim and it was like, you don't like the face. I mean, that I mean, that's really that that was like a watershed moment. And I think we've been in the wake of that drama ever since. Oh, totally. <laughs> that was like we don't talk talk about something we don't talk about enough. Do you realize Kim basically 
assaulted Courtney on the show in Chloe's bedroom. No, that scene's my Roman Empire. Yes. Also, I mean, people talk about like, you know, how Banksy, the graffiti artist, will like, you know, he'll do like a graffiti on a wall and then people have tried to like take that wall and put it in a museum. I would want to take that wall where the makeup smudge was. Like that's a piece of history. I wish Chloe never cleaned it. I know. Here she is with the magic eraser. I'm like, you don't realize what you're sitting on. That's there. like a million dollars right there. But you that's how that's how deep this family goes. And no family, like families always go through things, right? You know, my family's going through stuff with with my mom and all of this stuff. But th- this family has something that we all don't is that they're all famous in some sort of way. And that adds such a different level to all of this conversation. For so many reasons. And also because of their ability. You know, obviously it adds so much drama. It, it heightens, it makes the stakes so much higher. But it also allows them to uniquely understand one another's struggles when it comes to dealing with things in the public eye. We always say that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also think specifically with family stuff, it's like that shit gets dealt with behind closed doors 99% of the time. (laughs) Like friend drama, when you see on Housewives in that sort of a way where people are fighting with their friends at dinner, like that stuff is common to be out of the house. We've all experienced our friends fighting. We've all experienced drama in that way. But when your friends have shit going on at home, especially when they're fighting to that extent, it's like we keep that in the home. Like we keep that behind closed doors. And so for us to see the extent of their family issues and their family drama, even going back to Chris having an affair 25 years ago that we're being cued into season after season as it still unravels before our eyes, the aftermath of that so many years later, it's like we're not supposed to know this. No, we're not supposed to know it at all. I mean, I kept somebody made a horrible joke at my mom's funeral or memorial. It was like, oh, I bet you're glad this isn't a reality show. And I was like, yeah, of course not. But also, just think if it was. I mean, just think if it was. Everything is covered with them. I mean, sometimes I feel like they have held back a little bit, but at least, you know, I mean, I still will want to always know the specifics about the Kanye stuff. I will mm-hmm. want to know even, you know, just uh, I'm I've completely written that gentleman off in so many ways, but there is so much we Gentleman's don't Gentleman's a bold word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him, yeah, I said, trash bag. Um, yeah, what is it? I call him baghead now or shirthead. Just a jackass. He just, yeah, he just, truly a jackass, but there's so many things about even how Kim handles that and trying to be careful about walking this fine line of not letting the kids know, you know, controlling that, Truman Show-esque. And I feel like that's really, man, that, that would destroy so many people trying to have that balancing act if you have so many kids with a gentleman that is off his, you know, off his meds potentially. Yeah, I mean, the way, I think the way that she has handled that is is very admirable. Obviously, listen, selfishly, I want to know everything. I want to see every text message. I want to see every phone call. I want to hear the voice notes. Like, I want it all. But I think she has given us as much as she feels comfortable knowing that it won't really make her life impossible at home. And I can understand that and respect that. I also think one day very far into the future, but one day we are going to get a lot of the answers to the things we've been wondering. I think she's, you know, the one thing about Kim that she always says, and this applies to Kanye and everybody else in her life, is she's sitting on those receipts. She's never going to use them before well, she needs to, but she's always sitting on them. I mean, she them. archives everything. I wonder if it's the same digitally. I wonder oh, if she's archived yeah, every message, she always archived says it. every... Yep. Because that's another thing I've always commented on this show of just her archival process of that that whole... You know, you know, she took takes pictures, notes of every outfit. And and she said, hey, Kanye told me to throw away, burn all of it. And she's like, no, I kept it. I'm like, yeah, you did. Of course you did. Like she's sitting on his whole history as well. That that archive is is one of the wilder things I've ever seen in my life. Just the level of organization, the attention to detail and the foresight, the fact that she knew 
at the time that these things would be valuable on some level, not just with his stuff, but also with her things. You know, you have to believe in yourself when you are, quote, nothing to know that some point in the future, this is going to matter. Yeah, do you think she like saved like like oh this is uh, this is the cup I had the tummy tea out of originally? Like, do you think she <laughs> her early spawn con? Do you think it's like that's like? But then she she got a pair of Skechers in the vault. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Those she's, first of all, if you have a pair of Skechers, give them yeah. to me. I'm trying She has one of the Carl's Junior burgers from the commercial. <laughs> and no, I mean it is something that fascinates me because even in that scene from last season when she's going through some of the archive, which famous was it Elizabeth Taylor's contract or something? She was like, oh, I bid on the, who, Natalie, Natalie Wood. Something, I Something can't remember like exactly. Yeah, it was just in a box. I was like, she's even buying, like she bought Princess Diana's. Um, yeah, that motherfucker is present at an auction. Yes. If there is an auction, Kim Kardashian is there. Yeah. Well, Princess Diana, one of her sweaters sold a, a couple days ago. A and I was like, and my first thought was, it's Kim. It could be. It's Kim. It easily could be. I think she's on Sotheby's like nobody's business. Well, speaking of archival and, and you know, Sotheby's and stuff like that, one of my favorite scenes from season three of the Kardashians was Chris Jenner bidding on Betty White's uh, mm -hmm. holiday little the mini house thing because she built a house, you guys, like a doll's house for every one of her kids, and she specified for each kid. She was like, she made a dollhouse for Rob, or it was like, oh, we put a Dodgers thing in here, and I was like, the level of detail Chris Jenner put into these dollhouses and the glee in which she was like, hire, win, win, like for everything Betty White owned for her dollhouses. The best part about that was she was doing the bidding process while sitting in glam in yes. the lawn. It, it was so <laughs> iconic. It was like, I couldn't have written it better. That's how I feel. Talk about something that AI could never write. Yeah, true. That's it. But it's just, I, when I think about that of just how much they do in a day, it exhausts me. Like it, I just truly don't. And I guess some of us are built for that and some of us aren't, but it seems like Chris from inception, if you even study, you know, I've read about her as a little girl and, and MJ and that whole experience growing up is that it, she has visualized this her entire life. And when you think about it like that, it adds this whole other level of this dynasty to it that she always knew this is where she wanted to get. Well, it's so interesting because there's a clip that's going around of a new Kardashian documentary that I guess is coming oh, out yeah. where Caitlyn says, you know, Kim has had this plan since Kim, the beginning. Kim, watch out, watch me, Caitlyn. <laughs> Kim's had this plan from the beginning, yeah. And I think it's so funny because I've seen so many people posting like, wow, Caitlyn's really coming on here and exposing the Kardashians. It's like, you can't expose something that Kim has been so open we about since the first time we've seen her Kim on our screen. Kim has said that. There's it's a no, line from yes, Kim, I, yeah. Totally agree with that. If it's like this is obvious, I hate when people put obvious stuff out and then it gets pulled. It's like a pull quote, like Caitlyn's revealing it all finally. Right. I mean, Kim has been so transparent in the fact that this has been her goal since forever, since the first time she saw the real world, since watching Paris Hilton, you know, and yes. traveling with her and seeing the way that she interacted with fame and wanting that for herself. You remember that date with uh, Nick Lachey? Remember that? But yeah. it was before oh the show. God. I remember that. That was my my first, like that and the Paris Hilton thing was my first uh, foray into like seeing Kim Kardashian for the first time. I mean, if you go back to the earlier seasons, yes, Chris always had this foresight of, of what she thought the family could be. The difference was that in the beginning, no one else with the exception of Kim was really on board. They were all actually making fun of both Chris and Kim for taking it all so seriously. Meanwhile, Chris and Kim knew, guys, if we stick with this it's going to get us somewhere. And the thing that Kim has always said since the beginning is she knew her as herself was not even remotely as enticing or 
would draw people in the way that her and her whole family would. She's like, I'm nothing without my family and that I'm kind of boring. She's always said that. And so, yes, she's the businesswoman in a lot of ways behind it. But when it comes to the drama and comes to the familial dynamics, she always knew there was power in numbers. And so they made that happen. And it'll be interesting. And they make that point in the trailer of there is still power in numbers. They will always be family. They will always work through this. But sometimes as people get older, like and especially with the Courtney relationship being so tested and Courtney finding her true soulmate, I think, with Travis. Travis Barker and really leaning into that family experience, I do wonder if there will be potentially this permanent defection at some point. Uh oh, you guys, the chill in the room, you guys aren't here right now, but everybody is just gasping. The thing that I would say to that is I don't know what the future of Kim and Courtney's relationship on camera looks like. I think as far as Kim and Courtney go as sisters, there's never going to be presumably a fight big enough that truly drives a wedge between them enough that we don't, that that relationship no longer exists. Whether it exists on camera for the rest of the time, that's something that we don't know the answer to. But what I think they've started to expertly do is that they are now showing us the next generation of Kardashians. So when this generation <laughs> of Kardashians is no longer somehow, some way <laughs> enticing to us, it's like, oh, I forgot that North is now like the biggest fucking thing on the planet at 10 they years old. Imagine what's going to be at 20. One of the last uh, scenes in the trailer was like North's face, you know? And I was like, ah, clever. Just put like, you know, like dipping her toe in the sand little by little each season. Yeah, I mean, we've been following them. Think about it. We watched... Courtney literally pull Mason out of her. Guys, if you don't know what she's talking about, on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, this is an iconic moment, was that Courtney literally pulled her child out of her womb and that was on uh, television. And it was yeah. really this huge reality show moment and one of Courtney's best moments on the show. I do wonder if that's something that she will do with now the birth of her fourth child that's upcoming because she did it with the other two kids as Maybe well. Maybe her and Travis. I bet her and yeah, Travis, Travis pulling it out. Yeah. mutually pull it <laughs> out. each get an arm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that Courtney, listen, she, it's it's no secret that filming is not her favorite thing, but I think filming when it comes to her role as a mother, specifically the pregnancy, I think she wants to cover that. I think that's the part that she wants to share, don't you? The thing that I always say about Courtney is that there has to be some part of her that still wants to do this because she always talks about, you know, this, this concept of, you know, one day I'm just going to move out of LA and I'm going to live on a, and it's like, if you want to do it, go do it because no one's forcing you to She's be here. She's saving up. She's waiting, <laughs> waiting to get the vitamin money. It's, right. it's saving up for the, no, you're right. I mean, but I think Courtney is that person, like a lot of us are out there, is that one day we are on top of the world. We're ready to take everything on. We want to do it all. And then the next day it's like, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm just going to chill. I, I think she is conflicted in so many ways. And she's been trained by this family of fame assassins that know how to do this so well that I think there's a natural rebellion. And especially as you get older and see how a different family, um, you know, interacts with each other, which I think Travis and, and his kids, I think it just provided a different perspective where it pulled them apart even a little bit more, not in a negative way, but just it gave her a different perspective. Totally. And she was able to kind of create this bubble for herself and then live within that bubble. I don't mean that in like a Teresa Judice yeah. love bubble way. I, I truly mean she was able to create that family that she had been wanting. And I think that was really appealing to her. I think what it is, too, is that Travis's family is no stranger to reality TV I know. either. People forget they, about Meet the Barkers. People they, forget all of this stuff. And so I just think that, like, yes, she she saw this family that maybe had a little bit different of a dynamic and was drawn to the dynamic they had and maybe 
isolating herself from her family and leaning more towards her new family was something that she needed for herself. But I don't think it's the type of thing where she has this bubble that exists with her, quote, new family and then wants to walk away from it altogether. I think Courtney is just somebody who wants what she wants when she wants it. So when she wakes up one day and feels like filming, that's going to be a good Courtney day on TV. And if she wakes up one day and says, not for me today, we're never getting her near those cameras. I will say this, and this made me laugh about myself, but in a, in a good way, was that when we found out Courtney was pregnant, which we see that scene at the Blink-182 concert that we had seen on social media, um, was that I remember hearing the news and I was, I was almost like, yes, yes. I almost teared up because I was like, we did it because I I've know. seen. And then I was like, you flipping idiot. This isn't, you're not related to her, but I was, <laughs> and, and I've been mad at Courtney from the show at times, but I was like, I got emotional about it. And I was like, what is wrong with you? This isn't your actual family. Nothing is wrong with you, by the way. Because <laughs> this, this is wrong with you. people to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the delusional leading yeah. the delusional. Yeah. We can't help you there, but yeah. I know I had the same reaction. Right. And this is said as two people who, if we're choosing, are Team Kim 100%, but I still am overwhelmingly happy for Courtney. She, this is what she's wanted for so long. I know. Um, how do you, how do, uh, anybody got eyes on Scott? Oh, I'm still, I'm, I don't know. Scott. It's crazy. Ah, like, is he all right? I think so. I would we say see that him I very briefly in have, the trailer. Very I always briefly. try to have eyes on Scott. Yeah. I am a, I am, I would label myself as a Scott Disick apologist for sure. So you're kind of like a Kris Jenner in that sense, where she will apologize for the men in their lives, even though they made mistakes to lose the people initially, lose the ladies. I would say that. I wouldn't classify myself in that way, but I would say <laughs> that I can appreciate a redemption arc. And I think that we've seen a redemption arc from Scott. And I also think that whether you love him or hate him, there is a level of entertainment and comedy that Scott brings to the show that not one other person in that family is ever capable of bringing. I think that when you go back and you watch the show, he has had the best one-liners in the history of the show. He'll play ball. He'll do a scene with them. Like, yeah, I'll do a scene with MJ. Hey, Clojo. Like, he's game for anything. He's like, I just want to be in this. Like, And he, I can appreciate yes, that. Yes, and yeah. I think he's hysterically funny, even though I got a little tired of the Art Vandalay stuff. But uh, that was right. The yeah. Art Van yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he's great. I just, you say a redemption arc, and I sometimes wonder, well, what is his actual redemption? What did he do besides being funnier than Courtney? He pops on camera more than Courtney. What did he do to redeem himself? Is it just being a good father or have, you know, are there other examples to point to about why they keep him so tight into this family? I would say that a huge piece of it is losing both of his parents. And I think that, you know, when you watch Scott over the years, there was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of things he did wrong and then he did right. And then he did wrong again. And I think that we've watched him kind of bounce all over the place. But I think when we saw him at his lowest was when he was grieving the loss of both of his parents. And Chris Jenner said to him, like, I, we are your family. Like, you do not have a family because you are an only child who lost both of your parents. So automatically, like, we, you, like, you are part of us now and we will never leave you behind. And so I think to watch somebody go through the lowest moment of their lives on camera and really show us, like, he, you know, we remember him showing up to Courtney's house drunk at 11 o'clock in the morning trying to get in. And it was a really low moment. And it was the type of moment where as the oh, yeah. audience, you say like, I don't know how on board I can be with this guy, but to watch him, you know, be able to say, okay, now in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, I'm going to get the help I need when I need it for him to go to rehab and then have those, you know, pictures of him released on camera. Which, like, by the way, we I never saw like that scene. They cut that scene out of the, the, the show. 
Did we? Did he? They? I remember maybe, seeing it in yeah. the trailer, and then it never actually became came on the actual show. That's yeah. I, I can't, so I can't remember. It's hard to remember. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But then I was like, oh, that's so weird. I'm just curious. Like, listen, I am a huge Scott fan, even saying all of this. I just find it's another one of those interesting things about. It is. And we're repeating it. I mean, I really dislike Tristan Thompson. I really dislike him. And I think Courtney even has a great moment in the trailer where it's like, I don't think you deserve Chloe to Tristan Thompson. Like, finally, one of the sisters is saying something directly to his face. Oh, listen, I know we don't know the full context of that conversation, but even just hearing her say that felt so validating. I just want to say in response to the Scott thing, you know, I... We are now in like way the post Courtney Scott era, right? Like Courtney is married and has a child on the way with Travis Barker. That ship has so sailed. And in the beginning, I mean, for a while there, we wanted Scott and Courtney back together. And clearly that is not the case anymore. And it is so for the better. But I think Scott is also at his best when he is completely separate from Courtney, meaning in the early seasons of the Kardashians, I guess it was season one, there was so much of that. And that's never going to be Scott's best look. It is never going to be Scott's best look when he is still so tied into the Courtney stuff. And so I think that allowing him to really have his own presence that Courtney's name isn't even mentioned. They're not talking about Scott as he relates to his grieving journey yeah. of grieving Courtney. It's yeah. Scott on his own. And to me, when he's just like their brother, that's when he's the yeah. most enjoyable. Yeah, because we don't get, uh, you know, I, I like it. It's, I think it's always interesting how we almost perceive Rob Kardashian now as some kind of like J.D. Salinger Bigfoot type where he just like, he just went off into the woods and like, we don't know. But like, Scott almost fills that role of the brother that will film. Right. Certainly. And I mean, so willingly. I think that it's Scott's favorite thing and, and nothing brings him more joy because something we always talk about that people don't, I think, often think of. Not to say this isn't a family that sees each other. Often they do. But they have very busy schedules. When they are filming, that is scheduled in time when they are hanging out. And I actually think there's a piece of Scott that loves the fact that he knows when they're filming, that means he's hanging out. Because they have a lot of shit going on. It's like guaranteed family time, honestly. Um, speaking of uh, Scott, I just remembered this, that he he got into the car accident in the neighborhood I think that was last season. And then Lamar Odom this week got into a car accident and supposedly cops came. There was no uh, alcohol involved. That's what the TMZ article said. But then we had Shannon Bedore from Real Housewives of Orange County also having a wreck yesterday. What is it with the, like I drive a Toyota Corolla and that thing is so reliable. But in these fancy cars, it just seems like they flip like that. I don't know. I mean, you got to I just have zero tolerance for drinking and driving. I yeah, really, I mean, it seems I like mean, the most obvious thing in the world, it, right? It is yeah. just and and. I heard, didn't the TMZ article say that Shannon was leaving John's house? And yes, Shannon was leaving. And then there was like, um, I don't know, who knows if this is true or not, said that Shannon and John had been fighting. Somebody had heard them fighting. Then she goes around this dark corner, it's like paranormal activity video, and just sees her bumped right into a wall. So you know she was probably also like texting somebody at the time. And then the dog, this is another housewife thing. No, no, I I saw the TMZ article. And then the dog's in the car with her, and you're like, this is crazy. He lives just right around the corner from this area. You couldn't take an Uber? And she parks the car then in the middle of the street and acts acts as though she's walking the dog. Listen, I don't want to say... I don't want to say it's unsurprising. I, you know, it's it's it is surprising. It's very upsetting, but it's not like we've seen Shannon at her very best. You can tell she's at a breaking point. And so I to me this wasn't overly shocking. It was very disappointing, but it wasn't overly shocking. I like that you see she's at a say she's at a breaking point, but I feel like each season she's been at a breaking point. She has. I feel like each season we are back exactly and Jeff Lewis said, he said I don't think Shannon has a drinking problem. I don't think she's an alcoholic. And I'm like 
you know, no offense to Jeff, uh, you know, who I like very much, this is a drinking problem. And we've seen examples all over the show of this drinking problem. We see it. We see how she, you know, tries to tear off her mic and say, stop filming. Drinking does not seem to sit well with her. And it's hard because sometimes the viewers, and we see this with the Kardashians as well, we're able to see it so clearly, like laser-like, and it takes them years, sometimes decades, to actually catch up to what we see immediately. Yes, and also, I mean, specifically when it comes to Housewives and specifically Housewives of Orange County, factually, some of the scenes may, quote, better television when they're drinking. And I wonder how yeah. much of a role that yeah. plays. You know, Vicky's not coming to Mexico for them to be sober. The second she gets there, they're all pounding shots. And I think they know, specifically, you're talking like Tamara, Shannon, these are people that are very conscious of making, quote, good TV. And I wonder what role that plays. I, this is something that I think we can attribute to the Kardashians as well of like, you know, good TV. What is good TV? And I think we now have a generation of reality stars that like think they are producers that like we're making good TV. Have another drink. This is so exciting. And I sort of like that now the Kardashians, it's not about drinking and all that. It's more about power and fame. That seems to be sometimes their alcohol is how much can we do? Back to the trailer, it ends with uh, Courtney saying, you're just a witch and I hate you to Kim. Yeah. That that's is. pretty, that's like really, I mean, that's brutal. That's really hard. Okay, I, tell me if you disagree. While that is brutal, I actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> while that is bad, yes. I, I actually think what was worse in terms of what potentially stings harder was Kim saying on the phone to Courtney, are you really happy? You hate all of us. We all talk about it. Because I said to Julie yesterday in I think our episode that comes out tomorrow, like to go that low of a blow of telling the person, even if it's your sister, by the way, we all sit around and talk shit about you. And now I, this is, I, Kim was saying that with her full chest. Kim was saying that with the sole intent of deeply hurting Courtney. Because yeah. honestly, I don't think Kim cares as much for Courtney to call her a witch because quite frankly, I don't think Kim gives a shit what Courtney thinks of her. I think for Courtney to hear Kim say, by the way, not just, I think this, we all are sitting around talking about it. Oh, that's that's rough. But see, it's things like that that like draw, brings her closer to Travis and that thing like that where she's like, yeah. fine, I have my I have my people. I have my people. You know, what's funny about that, that we didn't even talk about in our episode. It's like in a, in a t we were saying in a typical interaction, like if you had an issue with one of your friends, like you do everything in your power to not let it slip that other people are talking about it. Like that is like the most hurtful thing you can say. And so we were kind of putting it in terms of that when we were talking about Courtney and Kim, we're like. You do everything in your power to not say to Courtney's face, we all talk about it. However, the funny part of it that we didn't even say is like, Courtney knows because it's on camera that they yeah. are talking about it. Like all that Courtney has to do to see everybody talking shit about her and all of the stuff that everybody says is like, turn on the TV. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things, that suspension of disbelief with reality stars where it's like, I, I would never be good on it for so many reasons, but I would just be like, look at the tape. I know. Yeah. We have the tape. Like I, every time Andy does a reunion, I want to be like, have a tape right there where you play it and you make everybody watch it. And then we all agree what we just saw with our own eyes. I know. That always bothers me. It's like, I, yes, I appreciate as the viewer getting the, the film yeah. and tape, but I want it live. I want them to have to see. I just love, if there was only some way we could actually yeah. see if this happened. Right. Oh, it's on film. Right. We're, that's what we're doing here. I know. Um, okay, so Tristan, we still, oh, that's the other question I had. So I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but I met Food God the other day. Jonathan I did see Shedden, that. <laughs> just at a pizzeria. I was just stopping, just getting a slice and he was in a pizza. It wasn't a fancy place and he was there. 
And uh, what pizza place was it? it was, I think it was Made in New York Pizza or something. I think it might have been friends with the owner because he was like talking to us, you know. But it wasn't. A, it was just something that was open that I was just trying to go, grab a couple slices. And I was like, uh, 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 big fan, big fan. Food God can you know? And I I actually know his name, Jonathan Chevin, but I said Food God, and he was like, yeah. Of course. And then he took one with me and he was like, that's blurry. Let's do another one. And I was like, wow, okay. But I got actually nervous meeting Food God as a grown man. I got nervous. <laughs> it was like crying about Courtney's pregnancy. I got nervous. But then somebody was like, well, did you ask? Did you ask what's going on with Kim? Did you? I'm like, no, I would never do that. And my question to you is when you meet any of these people, uh, people affiliated with them, makeup, hair, whatever, what is, do you have that urge to be like, what's the real skinny? What's going on? Honest to God, no. Like, I, listen, of course, the urge exists on some level, but I think it's the kind of thing where you just have to respect that relationship. Yeah. Like, they're never, they are never going to tell you. And by the way, nor should they. Yeah. So don't ask. So don't ask. Like, I, I wouldn't be like, what's going on with you and Kim? Like, I would never. Because you're the only, here's the thing you're never going to get a response that you want to, that, that is fulfilling to you. And it only makes you look. I forget about thirsty, like an just like a little, yeah, it's, it's almost disrespectful. It's like, what you, if I'm him, I'm like, what you think that I will disrespect my relationship with Kim that I've known for 20 years to this random guy that I'm meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I've ruined my relationship with the Kardashians because of Emma and Julie. Right, I were like, completely, <laughs> I tell, they just have such trusting faces. I shared everything with them. Yeah. Uh, if you could ask Kris Jenner one thing, and by the way, this isn't just, you know, we're trying to keep on a good side of Kris Jenner, but she's like, you know what? One thing, whatever it is, I'm going to answer it. And it's not going to make me think any differently of you. God, the list is all. It's, it's, it's a great question. I, well, I'm just trying to think of something that we don't know the answer to. Are you, yeah. was, did your mind go Kim Kanye? My mind went Kim Kanye, of course. But I was trying to think is, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Yeah. There's a scene where Kim is sitting at the table with everybody yes. post-Kanye divorce. Yes, Julie, yes! <laughs> post-Kanye divorce. And she says to them, I will never let anybody treat you guys the way that Kanye treated you. And she makes specific reference to th not specific things that Kanye did, but the fact that there were things that occurred where Kanye was not only disrespectful to Kim herself, but disrespectful to the entire family. And there were specific incidences that took place that we don't know about. I think that if I had to ask Kris Jenner a question and it was, it would definitely be something Kanye related, but I think that it would specifically be, what is it that happened with the rest of the family that we don't know about? Yeah. Because by the way, there's stuff that we do know about. We saw the way that he went after them on social media. Think about what we don't know. Such a good answer. Yes. Do you have any other follow-up questions? I mean, I have a million, but in this current moment, that's that's where I'm going with. If Courtney wants to get back at Kim, she should start wearing all that Yeezus merch again. Because she, Courtney loved wearing a free Yeezus t-shirt. They were long. close. Yeah, do you remember them, the movies at Calabasas all the time? They would always get paparazzi there? Yeah, I mean, they were also close, I think, because Courtney, and I don't know if I could say this definitively, but out of all of them, she certainly, you know, is, is very religious, which I think Kanye related to when they connected on the issue with her wearing the easy stuff now would be that it's not even a fuck you to Kim. It would only make her look bad. Like right. she's getting canceled then <laughs> in an effort to spite Kim. She then gets canceled for wearing easy. If she, re <laughs> if she really wants to fuck with Kim without getting canceled, she'll throw a Chris Humphreys jersey on. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. Last two Kardashian things before, uh, as we start wrapping up here. Um, so by the way, happy American Horror Story Delicate premiere day. Yes. Uh, it, yes. Kim Kardashian's first recurring role on a major television show premieres today on FX. Now, my question, though, is Kim can't promote this because of the strike. Right, right. Now, 
do you think she is livid because she is so good in this, so proud of it, wants to scream it from the rooftops, or do you think she's like, you know what, I don't even think I was that good in it, so it's kind of cool, like, I'm going to be in it, but nobody's going to really make a big deal about it. The former. Yeah. I do. That she's going crazy? Yeah. I think she's going crazy, but I don't think she's going crazy in the sense of like, oh my God, I was so good. I need everybody to see this Emmy winning performance. I think she's going crazy in the sense of like, she wants to, I think she wants to post video, a picture, not video of it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think yeah, yeah. she like would be, if somebody said to her, like, you know, you can't promote it in a way where you're showing off your lines and your acting skills, but you know, you can show the fact you were in it. She would be equally as happy with those things. I think she's livid, but I think that as Kim, she has a lot of trust that like everybody's just going to do it for her. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. I do though also think part of the reason that a, a brand of streaming service, whatever it is, brings on a Kardashian, specifically Kim, is because of the level of exposure, which of course then translates, hopefully, if all goes as planned, to, to clicks, to views. And so I think that one of the ways that Kim wants to show I did this and I did this really well is by the conversion rate. And listen, if you're a diehard Kim Kardashian fan, you're going to watch regardless. But I think she wants the opportunity to share that with her 300 something million followers, because that's something that she that no one else on that cast can bring that she can bring just that level of exposure. I wonder if they're going to cover that on the reality show. That's a way to promote it without having to promote it. It's so I'm so curious. I mean, they could even talk about this particular not necessarily in detail, but she could talk about not really being able to promote it. I don't know. I'm curious. The, the thing with Kim and the you know exposure is that the beauty of how viral a moment Kim being in a show like American Horror Story is, is again, everybody does the work for her. So without having to post to her 300 million followers, you can see the effects of her virality just by everybody else posting it for her. It's like, because for example, with American Horror Story, you know, you have big fans of that show. You have people that will post certain clips of it, but you won't have the internet talking about it. You won't have people that have never turned on American Horror Story or you won't have people who, oh, you know, like Emma Roberts is on screen and that's great and, and they move on. But the shock factor of seeing Kim in an acted role will have everybody posting about it, whether they do it because they like him, yeah. because they don't like him, because they think it's funny that she's on there, because she'll give us a viral moment. Like it, it, it is a really rare thing where during the strike, she stands out as something where like all of that advertising and all of that conversion of her virality automatically gets done for her without her having to lift a finger as much as mm. she would want to. It will be able to see that, you know, that conversion rate without, yeah. you know, her having to do anything. It'll just exist. I always love when we talk about things like conversion rate. <laughs> like, yeah. It's great when a conversion rate, you know, when one conversion rate meets another <laughs> conversion rate and then they have kid conversion rates. It's just a beautiful one. No, I think, and also for anybody listening, there is no way she's going to be bad in this because she just, I, I said, like she would write it into her contract that she gets extra takes if she needed. Like they would not make her look stupid in any way because I think part of her brand is I get to make sure that I'm good in this. I bet she coached within an inch of her life on it with an acting coach. I bet she, you know, I bet so many things she made sure. We see how hard she works. There's no way she's bad in this. She, she doesn't put herself in a situation to look stupid anymore. She did that for too many years. She's yep. not doing that. This is the same woman that was crying her first Met Gala in the floral Givenchy for everyone <laughs> saying she was a sofa. She's not letting oh, that happen that again. that wasn't unfortunate. Yeah. What is it with Kanye when he sometimes just hates women so much he puts them in just the – I mean, we see it with Bianca Sensori now where he's making her wear couch cushions. Like it's not even the couch floral – it's literal couch cushions over a nude body stocking. 
a misogynist that has that type of access to money is very scary. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, okay, so I want to ask a couple of pop culture. Oh, wait, Timothy Kiley. Are they here to stay? Obsessed. obsessed. I don't know obsessed. how long, but obsessed. He's so tiny. I keep saying this. He's so tiny, though. He's a little teeny tiny. Some girls are into it. It's not like, wait, by the way, it's not like Travis Scott is some macho guy. Uh, I, I don't know. For some, no, I'm not a fan of Travis Scott. I just, I don't know. For some reason, I just am still shocked, but it seems like they're winning people over slowly. And we think it's a real relationship, right? Yes. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, if you're a Beyonce, that's real. But also, we've never seen this from Kylie. Think about it. We see Tyga and Travis Scott. That is it. Not saying people didn't that happen. That is wild to think about the Tyga of it all, too. Yeah. Is that this is, what a left turn. And we were talking about on Monday's episode is her style is starting to like come. It's like a little more alternative, a little not as flashy. I'm curious if she's going to get rid of some of the Lamborghinis. Like, I know it'll be interesting to see what this relationship brings for her. Because in the trailer for season four, Kylie's like, I'm feeling myself again. And it is so evident. I mean, for them to, to do that public of an outing, they must really be feeling it. Okay, moving a little bit on from the Kardashians just to get a couple of things in here. Chris Evans got married. How do we feel? Happy for him. Happy for her. I mean, I can't. Happy for her. Yeah. yeah. Happy for her. Yeah. Her name is Alba, Alba Baptista. And there is a little bit of an age difference. Uh, are we good with the age difference? I'm fine with the yeah. age difference. We're fine with the age difference. It's not difference. a hill I'm going to die on yet. Okay. What, is there any hill you're going to die on with the Chris Evans thing? No, 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 no. Not okay. with this particular thing. Um, he also says today that he is only doing, he's probably going to do one film a year. He is, that's already like, this article should just be like, I'm ready to be a stay-at-home stay dad. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting how many women really lost their shit when he got married. Well, <laughs> something we were talking about with this is like, Listen, that's a tale as old as time. You know, celebrity male heartthrob gets married and all of a sudden the women that have had this fantasy of dating him for so long freak out because now it no longer feels feasible. Meanwhile, it was never feasible in the first place, but <laughs> now it really doesn't. The difference with Chris Evans, and I think maybe one of the reasons it hit so hard is because, and maybe this, we always talk about why this is. Maybe it's because of his Boston roots and kind of his more casual nature and the fact that he just likes to be seen in a baseball hat and a t-shirt. He always had this weird sense of attainability while simultaneously being so unattainable. And so I think that the reason that this marriage hit harder than your average male heartthrob is because every woman on some level thought, you know what? If I like ran into him in Boston, I could probably make it happen. I love that you're like, he wore a baseball hat sometimes. That's yeah. obtainable. So if men yes. wear a baseball if men, if a guy wears a baseball hat, that's obtainable. I mean, yes, but if he flips it backwards, no longer attainable. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> rules here. <laughs> Sorry, Fred Durst. Um, that's <laughs> wild. So, okay, so he is off the market. Now, who are both of your ladies? Who are your Chris Evans? Who are the, who's the, who's the guy that would like just, you would lose it. It would be a hard day if you found out they got married. Or maybe they're already married. Justin Bieber already got married. That was, that was, I wouldn't say it was Happy a tough day for they me. They just celebrated am, their fifth anniversary yes. last week, Kaylee and Justin. A conversation we were having on the podcast recently is, and we'll do this thing where like, <laughs> if we're talking about celebrity couples, we're like, just complete hypotheticals of like, male celebrities you'd want to hook up with or whatever. She'll be like, so overly respectful of the marriage they're in, even though it's hypothetical. So she'll be like, oh, you know, I was going to say this person, but I just remember they're married. I'm like, you can still say it because it's not happening. Like, you're not disrespecting anybody by hypothetically I really saying. I believe in myself. I really <laughs> and so we were saying, I was like, I don't really ever do that. But like, 
when it comes to Justin Haley, I like won't even go. I'm like, you know, I love Justin. Like he was my crush since I was little, but like he's married and I, I just won't touch that. <laughs> that's that's a class. You're a class act. And she does that with <laughs> the only one you don't do it with is Ben Affleck and J-Lo. Right. You, ben Affleck's your guy. Yeah, he's one of. I just Wait, did, you guys can't say she did this little inhale. She's like, <gasps> when I said Ben Affleck's your guy, she goes, <gasps> He gets me. Yeah, he kind of gets me hot and bothered. I don't know exactly where it comes from. It wasn't always, but in the last maybe five, ten years, something just something shifted. Maybe it was the was the the, the, the J Lo marriage make it even more, like the crush even intensified. Yes, once absolutely. he settled down. I mean, listen, he was towards the end of the Jennifer Gardner relationship. That was. I have always loved Jennifer Gardner and I definitely did not think that he was, you know, his best self in terms of the way that he was towards her and, and that yeah. whole situation. So yes, I think the version we've seen of Ben Affleck recently, you know, he's sitting across from Ice Spice in a Duncan commercial. That's doing <laughs> it for me. I'm not going to tell you it's not. You see, you like the Boston, the Ice Spice commercial with him, her, uh, Ice Spice and Ben Affleck is great. Yeah. I like this Ben Affleck, which by the way, he was at Melrose Trading Post, which is a, uh, like a swap meet on Melrose in Los Angeles. He was there with JLo this past Sunday. Yeah, I saw and that. And I go to Melrose. I was like, could I just couldn't imagine just walking around and seeing Ben Affleck and JLo at a swap meet. Oh, I would lose it. I would lose it. I, would, I mean, you would definitely lose it. I would definitely. Maybe yeah. it's just like Boston guys. You think? Well, well <laughs> Wait, does Matt Damon? He doesn't really. I mean, he doesn't not do it for me, but he doesn't No, really. not particularly. I, I did have, a, I did have a, a situation in college that... Sir, very Boston guy. So maybe I do have a little wait, bit. Wait, wait. You had a situation in college? <laughs> what is a situation? You had a situation? You know exactly what it sounds like. What is like that? He never dated. Did we you just have a boyfriend? No, yeah. no, no. no. Okay. Yeah. I had a situation. Yeah, we just hooked up for all four years and never once dated. <laughs> wait, I'm, that's a boyfriend. I'm sorry to let you know. You uh, had a situation for four years? It was just I a casual thing. I that yeah. based on descriptions that I've yeah. heard. But Wait, yeah. you didn't even get to meet the guy? You just heard, you just got written descriptions? Well, something that's funny is that Em is two years older than me. So we went to school oh. together and met at school, but we were two years apart. So you have a whole college life that I had. She doesn't even know about. I had a whole college life. Yeah. yeah. If you were that Boston gentleman, I need you to reach out to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show and talk more about this situation. And by the way, I think he'd say nothing but beautiful things. No, so. I don't think it'd be yet. No. Um, okay, so Ben Affleck, Justin Bieber, it would be great if Haley um, reached out to you and be like, I heard what you're saying and I, I respect that you respect us, but I just need you to stop saying his name entirely. <laughs> you might want to say about your fucking mouth. <laughs> I think she would. Like, I think she I, loves it. Because I love her equally. Like, yeah. I, like we could, yeah. Yeah. Um, you saw Beyonce's uh, tour this summer. I mean, what can you say? I mean, I did not get to see the tour and it just breaks my heart because I've seen her so many times, but stuff was happening. What can you say about the tour itself, the concert? They haven't added enough words to the English language to accurately capture what that that tour is. It's magic, right? It's, From everything that I've heard and seen. I, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I Listen, I would like to add that taking chocolate mushrooms certainly enhances the experience visually. But that or not, it's <laughs> unfucking. Now, Beyonce, just to let everybody know, she makes the audience take magic mushrooms yeah, it was during a the show. No. Yes. I, I didn't want to bring up that, but that is a, a very, that's a way to enjoy Beyonce even more. That's like for the advanced Beyonce fan. I could have been dead sober, like dead sober alone without a single friend there. And I think that it still would have been the greatest night of my life. Beyonce is the only person that I've like seen solo. Like I know I've seen other concerts solo, but like was not even, it was like a no brainer of like, I'll just go by myself. Like right. and I had the best time ever because she's just 
really, I feel like if God exists, like she's touched by some yeah. sort of holy power. Yes. And also, go. I mean, we didn't go and we went the three of us, but the camaraderie among the crowd is enough to make you feel like you're not alone because everyone is having the same reaction you are. Yeah. Everybody's a friend. Everybody, yeah. if you are, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Also, this summer you were just at a farm with your dad and your dad's friend, right? Yes. <laughs> now that's <laughs> Emma. Emma, by the way, her dad. Like, I'm a huge fan of your dad, and I've never <laughs> met him. And I'm like, now as I'm taking more care of my dad, I'm like, this is how you gotta be, man. Like, this is, I like, this is now we're we're competing with Emma and her dad, me and you, dad. And I'm like. But how was the farm life? The farm was- Explain, the- actually, explain to the people what you did. You- <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to say, I really appreciate you saying that. And I also have to say that part of the reason the farm was so magical and any experience with my dad and my friends is so magical is because of the relationship my friends have with my dad. Like, yeah. you don't know, Julie and my dad are, when I tell you best friends, that's not an exaggeration. Like, it, they are so yeah. close. It's the most, it's for me as his kid and as an only child to feel like- my friends genuinely, they'd rather hang out with him than me. And I, I just, it's, it warms my heart in a way I can't express. Anyway, we went to rural Wisconsin for Labor Day weekend. My dad's friend has this 175 acre farm in the middle of Wisconsin. Amazing. We literally just hung out in sweatpants, got super high and tripped on sh- mushrooms. And it was one of the most healing and beautiful weekends I've ever had. Would you agree with that? It was the best. It was, there was just nowhere. It was actually, genuinely we went with our two other friends, Jake and Carly also, and it just, I don't think that I have ever laughed that much over the course of two days, specifically being in fucking rural Wisconsin. Like, it was just, I, there, I, I can't. It no, was I was looking at pictures so, of it. I was like, this looks amazing. We got, we got more content than people get at the Met Gala for a, for <laughs> yes. a weekend in Wisconsin. Yes, because the thing people have to remember is that every single one of my dad's friends he's had since he was five. So this is his best friend in Brooklyn from five years old. And now for me and my best friends to be there with them, it's, it, they're nothing more special than that. Yeah. I, that, your dad has a great smile too. <laughs> that sounds so weird actually, but no, he's always like, yeah, he's a great smile. <laughs> like a great guy. Um, yeah. I love that, which, you know, I, I truly love always seeing your dad on any content. Now going into the winter here, what are we looking forward to besides Kardashians? I mean, I am a certified slut for Southern Charm, so. <laughs> I had no idea what you were about to say. I was like, How are you with Southern Charm, Julie? Yeah. I would say. I am a serial killer for Southern Charm. <laughs> well, okay, the beginning. I'm like a junior high. Like, I'm a middle schooler. I'm like, I'll play, I'm, I'll play around I'm, a little I'm bit. I'm an over but, the bra yeah. kind of. Yeah. I'm an OTPHJ for Southern Charm. <laughs> Oh no, I am no no fucks given uh, with that one. Yeah. I mean that that intro. You're Lauren Bobert at Beetlejuice yes. for Southern Charm. Yeah. Yes. No. Get me Shep Rose at Hamilton, forget about okay, it. Okay, I'm seriously <laughs> worried about Shep Rose. Like no, what no, are you? No, 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 no. I don't actually okay, this is our whole thing. This is what we always say. I don't actually have any like there's no part of me that would want to date a member of Southern Charm. However, they are all just so tall. And there's something about that that just from a visual the tall thing. You go, every girl says the tall thing. It's not like they didn't add, the tall. I know. It's just genetics. It's, I, I know. I know how it sounds. I trust me. I'm, I'm not at all. You know, basing their morals on that. But there's something over six one that just does it for me. You know that meme that's like 
girl meets the devil and it's like, ooh, how tall are you? I don't know, six, well, six, <laughs> five, six, seven with the horns. It's like, ooh, with the horns. It's like, that's her. <laughs> I, I, I see that. What, what upsets me about that, because if then Shep does find out, he's going to go after you and then he's going to end up hurting, you know? Then no, we no. have another four-year college situation relationship <laughs> no, thing. No, 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 I promise. It's, it's not a, that that would be a, a one-night thing. Are you guys going to do BravoCon? No, you're not going to do BravoCon, are yeah. you? You're going to do BravoCon? I am. You're going to Vegas? Yeah. Are you covering it for the show? Yeah, of course. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, me and Isabel are going. Okay, well, I'm going to come in and bother your recordings for uh, comments. A thousand percent. We'll have That's amazing. Um, Okay, uh, you're looking forward to Southern Charm. Yes. Anything that you're looking forward to in the... I know, I should have been coming up with an answer this entire time. Yeah. Uh, The Kardashians. (laughs) Kardashians is coming back, but he said besides Kardashians. Um... I don't know. I, I I I don't know what you know. TV show and movies and stuff are coming out because of the strike. Um, yeah, that is true. We're usually, I would say award show season because that starts yeah, January. But I don't all, know. They push the Emmys back to January, and I think they're going to have to re-push that again. The Oscars are going to get pushed. Everything's going to get pushed, and then we're going to start feeling it in terms of actual movie releases next year. They postponed Dune two. Sorry, Kylie. And uh, Timothy can't promote Dune 2, so they push that. It's not It's not even sorry, Kylie. It's sorry us that we don't get that red carpet of the two of them. She must have been so looking forward to that. If you got a Dune 2, Kylie Jenner, Timothy moment. With, with uh, Zendaya and Tom as well. Can you imagine Kris Jenner and, and Corey Gamble at the Dune 2 premiere? I can. I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can. I can see it. Uh, Corey. And by the way, Chris is so defending Tristan all the time. Why didn't Chris, Chris Jenner just date Tristan? Get rid of Corey and you date Chris. If, if it matters this much to you. Corey got her in with uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Beyonce. He's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> he goes, this, I just signed a two-year extension with Chris after <laughs> I made this Beyonce thing happen. Uh, and finally, this ice spice drink. You talked about Ben Affleck. I just wanted, would you ever try the Dunkin' Donuts ice spice munchkin drink? I mean, if someone had it and they wanted me to take a sip, I would happily do so. I've, I've, I wouldn't I'm order kicking it. myself that I did not have three <laughs> drinks ready right now. But and I just, it's not my type of a drink, but I would not, you know, I would happily try a sip. Do you know how many calories one is? Well, it's like a lot. A lot. It's like over 1,100 calories. Yeah. That's- and you guys, just for, it, it is reminiscent of the texture of a cookies and cream shake but they have uh, caramel coffee flavors, and then they're actually going to do pumpkin spice. But what they do is they actually crush up the munchkins and blend it in and then put caramel and chocolate syrup once, then more munchkins, crush that up, and then more caramel and chocolate syrup, and then they give that to people. The way I feel about it is just like if I if I like want to have a munchkin, I'll just have – like, I would rather have a munchkin just as a munchkin. <laughs> yeah, if you just blend up things, that's like well, why not just throw – Exactly. If I really want to indulge, I want to feel myself chewing it. And I'm a fast drinker. What, I'm going to drink that whole thing in 30 seconds and not even get the benefit of the taste? Like, I mean, do you think anybody's just going to just drop dead immediately after? Like, I feel like if I had one, like, that's it. Lights out for me. Like, and can you imagine? I I was joking about that. That's like that Saw movie where they just torture people. Like the new Saw, they just make somebody drink four four of these ice spice drinks in a row. Like, you're just going (laughs) to, insides are going to die. I'm I'm sure delicious, though. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially... Especially after some magic mushroom. Anyways, you girls, um, comments by celebs is the podcast. 
uh, subscribe, rate that five stars immediately. They do three episodes a week. Um, we don't have your your third half with us right now that does the Bravo episodes. Uh, Isabel Greenberg, correct, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's just amazing. All three of these women are amazing. And of course, you all already follow their Instagram. But if you don't, comments by celebs, comments by Bravo. What are the other iterations? We have comments by athletes, comments by, by Bachelor. Bachelor. Yeah. How do you do it all? And then she, they took the time to do this with us today. So thank you, ladies, okay, so much. All, no, we were really so honored that you asked us. And we're always here. You ask, we're here. Well, yes. you're coming uh, back on tomorrow now. Right. So that's great. Um, <laughs> and also, Can't just wait. on a personal note, just to know the type of people uh, they are, they, they both reached out to me after uh, my mom passed. And just said the, the most wonderful things. And uh, I, I will never forget that. And that's just the kind of people they are. And uh, I uh, that meant a lot to me. So thank you so much for that. And um, anything else to promote for you guys? No, nothing to promote. Okay. Well, yes. Okay. Um, this was awesome. Thank you guys so much to, uh, for being here. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.